we think of neglect, when we think of abuse, when we think of childhood trauma, a lot of times, I think not anymore probably because we're so educated, but still, even if we consciously know that emotional neglect is just as important as physical neglect, so many of us feel guilty that, well, my parents cared about me, they did their best, they fed me, they clothed me, they were there for me physically, like they were present, but were they present emotionally? Welcome to Deep Within. On this show, we dive deep into the nervous system, emotional healing, and transformation from within the body. When I started my personal development journey, it was all in the mind, doing affirmations, visualizations, listening to endless motivational videos. And I found that this approach without actually getting my body on board only left me in deeper shame and distress. So this is actually how I discovered somatic body-based healing. My name is Marina Yanai Triner, and I am the Compassionate Somatic Coach. I'm gentle, sensitive, and I love deep conversations. I'm so, so, so excited and so glad you're here so we can feel like we're together in our own little bubble of deep talks. Hello, welcome back. It's been a little while. I'm sorry I took a little break. I hosted a beautiful retreat and was just away soaking all that in, but I've missed you all and I've missed this podcast so much. It's one of my favorite things. And today I wanted to talk about one of those things that we really dove deep into in the retreat. And I feel like whenever I have such an intense experience, I always have so much richness to share. So that's kind of what I wanted to do today. And truly one of my zones of genius is emotions because that's something I had to learn and continue to learn. I grew up in a house that avoided emotions at all costs. And when I say avoided emotions, it's not that people didn't express any emotion. It's actually when we do that, when we avoid emotions, we end up actually reacting out of emotions. So it's kind of funny how that works. Like we think, oh, well, I'm just good. I'm fine. And we just keep saying, I'm fine. You know, I feel nothing, no no big deal. But really, then we react out of emotions and then actually take over. So it's, it's kind of counterintuitive, but it's so true. So I've learned so much from just firstly deciding that I don't want to be reactive. I don't want to be reactive with my partner. I don't want to be reactive with my business. I really want to lead from a powerful place. So I've had to, you know, that journey has led me to emotions because it's like, okay, well, if I don't want to be reactive, if I want to be in my leadership, if I want to be in my power, that means that I have to learn how to work with my emotions. And it's been a journey. So I really wanted to share some of my lessons as someone who sort of comes from a house that I would call emotionally neglectful, um, meaning that, you know, people in the house don't actually support you when you're having an emotion. They don't know how to teach you about emotions. They don't teach you how to process them. They don't give you the space to feel emotions. And this is why coaching is so freaking powerful because 
you're actually recreating this experience that you've had as a child where you felt an emotion and you needed someone to be there for you to make it safe to feel that someone who is actually really objective which is really hard right of course our parents care so often what happens is our parents get triggered by our emotions because they don't know how to deal with their own and so they become reactive or they just feel so sad when you're sad or you know so scared because again they don't know how to work with their own emotions so they're like oh my god my child is feeling this thing and i don't know so i'm just going to tell them to stop or i'm actually going to get angry when my child is sad when really i just feel helpless and i don't know how to deal with my own sadness so i'm going to make it stop at all costs and sort of react and and be angry and impulsive so i'm sure a lot of you listening are like oh yes that is my childhood that sounds very familiar and then it's like well how are you supposed to actually know what to do with your own emotions when you've had that experience because ideally when we're little what's supposed to happen is that when we are sad our caregivers are just this centered presence and they're just like it's okay to be sad but they're not scared of it and they're not freaking out they're just like there they're there with you they allow it they allow the anger they allow the fear all these things they validated and they make you feel like the emotion is safe by them just being present and not getting sucked into your emotion so just take a moment and reflect if that was an experience that you've ever had i think most of us they would probably answer no especially if you're listening to this podcast i feel that all of my clients come to me because they don't know what to do with their emotions and they have trauma but it's not even about the trauma it's actually the thing that they really need to work on is the fear of their own emotions because when we have trauma the best way to process it is to feel it but then there's this like added block which is all that fear around the emotion and it makes it so difficult to actually heal so that is something that i've really dove into so deeply because of my own experience. I've also learned from some amazing emotions educators like Hilary Jacobs Handel, one of my favorites. But really, I have to say that I figured this a lot of this out through my own experience, through working with parts of me that felt so neglected and scared and just working through all those layers. So I want to share and really dive into, and I actually have an Instagram post if you scroll, it's called My Biggest Lessons About Emotions as Someone Who Grew Up in an Emotionally Immature Household. So this, if you've never heard this term, it's really brilliant. Lindsay Gibson has a great book about this. Really, really opened my eyes because when we think of neglect, when we think of abuse, when we think of childhood trauma, a lot of times i think not anymore probably because we're so educated but still even if we consciously know that emotional neglect is just as important as physical neglect so many of us feel guilty that well my parents cared about me they did their best they fed me they clothed me they were there for me physically like they were present 
But were they present emotionally? You know, were they supportive? Did they ask you how your day is going? Did they support you in processing emotions that you were having? And the reason that it's so tricky to even answer this is because whatever your childhood was feels really, really normal to you. It feels like that's how it is, right? Like everybody had that childhood. It's normal. And that makes sense because that was your experience. But in reality, perhaps there are some things that you needed that you didn't get. And it's important because now you get to give that to yourself because your soul is still craving that. And maybe you're trying to get those needs met in some ways that are actually not very much of service to you. Like maybe you're trying to get them from your partner or your friends, or maybe you're actually blocking that love and support from other people because it feels so foreign. So as you process these emotions from the past, which also helps you just learn how to process emotions in your current reality, life gets to be so much better. Life gets to be actually alive and juicy and delicious. So I want to share some of these lessons that I've learned and just really dive deep into these things. So the first thing is that it's really hard for you to feel emotions because you weren't taught how and you were also taught that emotions can be dangerous and scary. And what I mean by that is this is something really huge that I realized when you demonstrated fear or anger or sadness, or even joy and pleasure and excitement, disgust, whatever emotion you demonstrated as a child, get really curious in feeling into how did your caregivers respond to that? Was it welcomed? Or was their response one of fear or anger or sadness or guilt or shame, right? Because maybe they couldn't handle feel like just seeing you feel that and so they responded in really harsh ways and the message that you got is this is not okay i can't feel this it's dangerous and it's scary so it's not just that you don't know how to feel it's that there is this huge layer on top of the emotion that is this is dangerous this is scary this is bad but the truth is that there are no good or bad emotions. They are all helpful. And actually every emotion has a survival benefit. So emotions are there to give you information. For example, if you're sad, it's telling you that you want to be comforted. It's telling you that you want support. It's telling you that you want a hug. It's giving you that information. If you're angry, the emotion is telling you that maybe you need boundaries or you need to say no, right? So these emotions are giving you so much rich information. And I get so annoyed that in some parts of the spiritual world, it's like anger is a low vibration. Um, no, fuck that. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, anger is really, really good. It just depends on one, how you express it, all of the emotions. How are you expressing them and are you acting out of them, right? So there's a big difference between feeling the emotion in your body and experiencing that emotion and then how you actually choose to express it out as well as act out of it. 
So huge difference there. And yes, of course, like if you're choosing to be violent, that's bad. But that doesn't mean that anger is bad. Those are two different things. So all emotions are good. <laughs> the next thing is that most people don't take responsibility for their emotions. And this is so big. And I see this over and over and over again. And trust me, I've been there too. I have been the psycho bitch. It is true. <laughs> and sometimes I still go there. But I'm really proud of working on this part of myself and really learning how to take ownership of my emotions. And I want to really explain what that means because I feel like most people don't get it. People are not punching bags for you. People are not there to help you release your anger, to help you release your sadness, right? People will be there for you, will support you. People will listen to you. And that's beautiful. And we need that. But people's role in your life is not to be like the source of you releasing your emotion. So emotional release is a really important thing. And we all need that. We need that when we have had trauma because we have a lot of stored survival energy in the form of emotions that have not been processed because when you experience trauma you actually don't process your emotion you get stuck because you are in that survival mode right in that threat you don't actually have the space to feel emotions and process them so we have that we have those leftover emotions and then we just have like our daily emotions you know and we get triggered by people and even if someone triggers you, that does not mean that you get to take your emotion out on them. So what I mean is, let's be more concrete about this. If your friend said something that really pissed you off and you're like, that is so not cool, like they should not have said that, that does not mean that you get to go yell at them. That does not mean that you get to send them a mean text. So even if you're like your words are really nice, if the energy of rage or anger is behind your words, that's not cool because your friend's responsibility is not to help you clear your emotion. That's what parents do for you. And probably your parents never did that for you. So you never learned about this. But your friend, your partner, your coworker, your coach, your therapist, whoever it may be, they are not your punching bags. They are humans and they are at the same level as you. So what I mean by taking responsibility for your emotions is knowing that you get to communicate if someone pisses you off. You get to communicate if someone hurts your feelings. You get to communicate all of that but you first need to go and move through the emotion on your own. And also, that being said, that doesn't mean that you can't like call a friend and be like, I'm really, really pissed off at another friend or another whatever. Can you hold space for me right now for my rage? That's very different than calling a friend and being like, you motherfucker, blah, right? Those are like two really different things. So yes, taking responsibility for your emotions can involve another person holding space for you, a therapist holding space for you, as long as you are not making that person a target of your emotion. So realize that if whatever you're feeling, it is your job 
to process that. And by processing, I mean screaming, crying, yelling, like making throwing up sounds if you're disgusted, shaking with fear, all of that, like processing that emotional energy, saying the word no, whatever it is, doing this in your own space, in your own room, or with a friend or a therapist in a way that doesn't mean like you caused this, but more like, can you hold space for this? That means you're taking ownership of your emotions. Okay. Another thing is, if an emotion is stuck in your body, it's because you're not getting to the core emotion. So let me sort of explain this. Like a lot of people that I work with are like, okay, well, I've sat with my sadness for like 30 million hours and nothing is changing. This is because you haven't actually gotten to the real emotion that is happening. So again, because you grew up in a household that maybe said crying is okay, but yelling is not okay, then you'll always go to crying and you'll never get to your anger. And our body works in this way where we really need to get to the core of it. And once we hit the core, which is what we're actually feeling in that moment underneath all of the range of emotions, that's where you get to like this feeling of spaciousness and presence. So it's really important to get to the core emotion. And a lot of times what I see is that people have a lot of fear. Like fear is the first layer because they're actually scared of all emotions. So the first thing happening in their body is fear. And so we need to get to that fear. We need to release that fear and work with it, not just be like, I know I'm scared, but now it is time to not be scared. Like that is not emotional release. Emotional release involves sound, it involves movement, and it involves words like expression so that you can move this fear out and then you can access the other emotions. And maybe it's not just fear. It could also be that you're really, really angry in the moment, but you're actually sad. So you need to express the anger in order to get to the sadness, in order to get to the beautiful spaciousness that gets to be formed once you process this ladder of emotions. So this is really, really important. Also, a lot of times we misdirect emotions. So not only do we go to like the, not wrong, but you know, not the, the core emotion, like we don't get to the core emotion, we also misdirect emotions in the sense that this is where we get triggered. And this is so common for my clients where they're like pissed off at their husband or they're pissed off at their friend. And what's actually happening is that the situation is reminding them of their mother in childhood doing something similar or with the same energy. And you could grieve your childhood by just crying, thinking about my childhood was sad and that's great. You could cry about a certain situation happening when you're triggered and that's wonderful but the most healing thing the thing that is actually going to make space in your body and it's actually going to alleviate this gap or this darkness or this heaviness in your body to make space for something different a different behavior this could be receiving more support having more intimacy in your life what makes space for that is when you direct your grief directly to your childhood, 
directly to things that your mom or your dad or whoever it is, cousin, uncle, whatever, did and said that hurt you so badly. And this is really, really important. And it's a concept that I learned from Pete Walker and from his amazing and super triggering work. But like when I read his book, it just, or actually listened to it in audio form, it just really woke me up so much. And I went through this like just months of grief and rage about my childhood and just directing it to those moments when my needs were not met, when I was receiving too much or not enough. And that is what has cleared so much space for me. And of course I continue to do that. There's so much more, but it just, every time I do this, it makes so much space in my body. So this process is really important. And it's actually one of my favorite things to do with my clients. Sounds kind of crazy, I know, because it's a lot. But this is what makes my coaching so unique and special is that I have done this so many times myself that I can really hold that space for you to move through these emotions and to direct them where they should be directed in a safe space because we all needed that adult that was just present. And this is what I do for people with my presence, with my love, with my compassion, just being that space for them so that they can say, oh, I can feel this. I'm not hurting anyone by feeling this. It's okay. Like I get to feel this sacred rage or I get to feel this grief. And it's so beautiful. So the next thing is in the somatic community, we often talk about sensations and sensations are really important. And a lot of times I hear that we don't need to get, we don't need to name an emotion. We don't need to get to an emotion. It's all about sensations. And we don't even need to talk about like a memory. And I disagree with this. I think it's so important to name an emotion. I think it gives us a clearing. I think it helps us be able to express it when we know, okay, rage, I feel rage. This is how I express rage. This makes sense that I feel rage. And I feel rage because when I was little, this is what happened. So this is really important. And I'm not going to say that it's always like that. Sometimes you feel rage and you really don't know how, why and what's going on. And maybe it's even related to something that has happened to your grandparents and you actually weren't even alive, but it's in your body. Yes, that is a thing. Um, but in general, I really believe that it's so crucial to name the emotion by feeling that in your body, like really learning what rage and anger feel like, really learning what sadness feels like and how you express it, your unique expression of it, so that you can really get in touch with those emotions and start to express them. Okay, the next thing is observing emotional energy in the body is not enough to clear it. So again, in somatics, I hear this really often that we need to just sit there and observe the sensation or even the emotion and that's it and just like be with that. And I used to do that a lot and then I started working with an amazing coach, Natalie Kennedy, always shouting her out, she's freaking amazing. And she was like, what you're doing is the masculine piece of emotions, which is observation. But what you actually 
need also like observation is super important because when you're observing it you're being that presence you're feeling that emotion from a space of safety in your body you're like the container for the emotion but then we also need to express and that's the more feminine practice and it doesn't matter what your gender is whether it's men male female they them like it really doesn't matter you need both of these parts you need to be able to observe and to express because when we express an emotion this is how we move the energy and this is how we make space and for those of us who did not learn that it's okay and it's safe to express emotions of course this is terrifying i was terrified when i first started doing this it was so scary for me and i really had to practice it especially in front of people it's something i'm still practicing but i'm happy to say i had my first public cry recently and it was just so beautiful so yes it's a work in progress but it really is so liberating when we get to express that emotion and we actually get to see that it's safe to do that and we can be held through it and the last couple things that i wanted to mention is that one of the greatest healing moments that you could have is actually leaning into your adult mature self when you feel an emotion so this means that a lot of us get really merged with emotions because we feel them from the space of a helpless child you can think of moments when you've just cried and cried helplessly or screamed in terror and this is really getting into that state of i am a five-year-old i'm a seven-year-old whatever it is i'm neglected i'm left i'm alone i won't survive this and this can be so painful and even re-traumatizing so one of the things that I work on with clients is this process of learning to lean into your mature, empowered self. This is not a moment. This is not an event. This is truly, truly a journey. It takes time. It takes practice. Each time you have an emotion to really pause and remind yourself that you are an adult, that you are successful, that you're strong, that you're powerful that you're gentle, that you're kind, all these beautiful things, and to really feel that you are not helpless. So often when we go into a, an intense emotion, we'll fall into a state of anxiety, we'll fall into a state of fight or flight or freeze or fawn. And the idea is to learn to be regulated and to feel. So a lot of people don't realize that being regulated in your nervous system doesn't mean that you're happy or calm. It means that you're present in your body. It means that you feel like you have a sense of agency, that you're in control, you're in power, and you can still feel an emotion. So this is really the reason why I've shifted my coaching containers from three months to six months or a year, because I want to go into a long and deep process with my clients that they can really cultivate this. And I have seen, I have a few clients that I've already worked with for that long. And it's just so beautiful to see the shifts and the transformation that has taken place and just their ability to hold themselves through an emotion. So remember, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have emotions. It doesn't mean that you are 
you know, that you're always happy, you're always calm. No, it means that you know how to move through the emotions, how to hold yourself through them, how to do this in a way where they don't take over, right? It's almost like you are a little box and inside of it, there's all these things going on, but you're really holding them, you're keeping them sacred, you're guarding them, you're loving them, and then they get to move through your body. And if you are one of those people that heard that emotions only last for 90 seconds and you're like, excuse me, what the hell? Like, no, they do not. I want you to know that this can be a reality when you practice all of these things. And I know it's a lot of things because emotions are complicated and humans just want like a step-by-step process or a black and white solution. Emotions do not work that way. It's so complex and nuanced to have emotions and the way that we move through them is also really unique and beautiful to each of us but it's really about learning all of these skills and these tools because when you've had complex trauma or childhood trauma it makes it so much more complicated to be with your emotions it makes it a very different thing than for most people to just cry it out or be angry because there's all these layers of difficult things that have happened to you when you have done that so this is why i love my work this is why it's so unique because i'm not a therapist as you all probably know i'm a coach and so i show up in a different way i think therapy is awesome i'm not talking shit about therapy i have a therapist and i love her so much Um, But the way that I work is I really show up as a human with you and I really support you in a way of how does it feel when there is a human being that is holding you, that is present with you through your emotions. That is also emotional. That is also human. And I really share a lot about my experience my fucked up parts, my beautiful parts, like all the things, you know, my anxiety, all these things, just really sharing that with you so that you know how beautiful and normal you truly are. And there is nothing like that feeling of, I always thought I was too much, but I'm not. There's so many people like me. So this is really, really what I provide in coaching. And so... I actually currently have a few spots for either six months or 12 months of working with me. I'm so excited about this. I always feel into the offers that I put out there. And right now I'm just feeling so excited about holding someone for that long and being in this partnership with you. So if you feel called to that, I'm going to put the link to the application where I just get to know a little bit about you. And then the next step is we get on a call and we get to know each other before moving forward with this. So I put all the information there, the pricing, like all of that stuff. And you can check that out. And I would just so love to to be with you, to be present with you and to move through this together. I love you so much. Thank you for listening. And please, please share this episode. Please rate and review the podcast. That would mean the world to me. This is my baby and I'm really enjoying creating this for you. And I will see you really, really soon.
Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. If you liked it, please make sure to leave me a review so that more beautiful humans can get to this podcast and subscribe to the show. And please do share it with a friend who would benefit. And I always love to hear from all of you on Instagram. So visit me there at marina.y.t. I share really awesome content and would love to hear your comments about the episodes. Until next time, I love you so much and I appreciate you. Have the most beautiful day.